Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. The quest for purpose. Now, hey, this is just a word to the wise. I just feel God leaning on me because of what I've learned in life. My parents taught me because of my history. I'm naturally a free spirit. And I remember as a kid, I would start to get in trouble at school because it was April. Right around the time of my birthday, I knew school wasn't long for being out. And so I would act up a little bit. And I remember in high school, mom and dad used to tell me, hey, summer is not for taking time off from God. <laughs> All right. So look, man, I encourage, I'll preach it from the pulpit, I'll tell you in person, I'll tell you in Bible study, uh, listen, you need vacation, and I know summer is time for vacation, and everybody in the house knows that, everybody joining us on the live stream, but how many of you know summer, fall, winter, it's never time to take off time from God, all right? You've got to go on vacation, I believe there are those out today for vacation, they'll be out this month and next month, on and off, some of you got plans, anybody got plans for this summer? Praise God, that hand went up so fast it made my head spin. You got plans for this summer, and that's good news, and you should have plans. But remember, it is never time to take time off from God. Even on vacation, talk to God. Even on vacation, if you can, wherever you are, check out the live stream. If you can, you say, man, I couldn't make it to church. Well, you're, that's what the live stream is for. There's folks that couldn't make it today in person. They're on the live stream, but never take time off from God. Mom and Dad taught me that years ago. They used to talk to me about that because I used to think summer was a free-for-all. So, the quest for purpose. What is a quest? A quest is a journey. It's a search. It can be a search for something, right? Anybody ever saw the Lord of the Rings movies? They were usually on a quest or a journey, right? They're a quest. They're getting to a destination. Your quest for purpose can only be found in God. That's it. Only in God, can you find your purpose? Number one today, I want to just get right into this point, and I want it on the screen for a while, just so you can look at it, meditate on it, think about it, let it soak in, absorb it. Look at this. God is a God of plan, design, and purpose. Let me tell you right now, I am not a human, a natural human of plan. I'm not. I'm not. Naturally, I, my wife told me this after we got married. I told her something. I remember we were living in the Shadow Ridge condominiums, and I told her, no, I just do it as I go. She said, baby, I've noticed you do everything as you go. <laughs> I'm naturally a free spirit. Oh, no, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. No, God is a God of plan and purpose and design, and he works that way in us. I'm going to tell you right now, God is a God of excellence. God's not a God of excuses. It's... Dad and I have learned over the years, dad, Dad's naturally more structured than me. I have a tendency in some areas to be neat, in other areas to be very messy and disorganized. I'm not even always a very organized thinker. I have so much going through my mind sometimes. I have different languages. I have different ideas for sermons. I have the next five things. And sometimes that is not good because I've struggled with focus. But I will tell you something right now, regardless of personality or culture or the blood running through my veins, because when I was born, my grandpa Treadwell said, this boy has wild blood. He said he's got Spanish and Irish and whatever else is wild blood. So I'm going to use that as a blessing. I'll just be wild. But listen, even wild can have structure. I'm telling you right now, it's, it's very important. 
for example, Dad said when he's doing, he did the, he did the spiritual warfare class on the Indian, Mescalero Apache Reservation, on the reservation, Carrizo Christian Fellowship in Rio Doso, on the reservation, past the end of the mountain gods. It's up there in the mountains. Deer, uh, deer and elk walk the streets and different stuff. It's way up there. It's thousands of feet elevation above here, probably eight, 9,000 feet. Dad said, hey, when I get on the reservation, he knows. He said, the culture is to just wait till everybody gets there to start church. Dad said, no, I start on time. And they figured out first or second week they were going to miss stuff for the test if they weren't on time. You know how many people graduated that class? 35, one class. That's incredible for a, for a spiritual warfare class. Let's give the Lord a clap offering today. I've, I've heard it all in Hobbs even. Said, man, I was late because of the traffic. Okay. No, you may have been because you left one minute till. I understand that, the, the traffic. Listen, if it's important to you, you'll be on time. God has got a plan, purpose, and design, right? If it's important to you, you will be on time. If it matters to you, you'll be on time without fail and without excuse. And, hey, there's times we have reasons, man. We, hey, I'm even late sometimes. But I'm going to tell you right now, God has got a plan, design, and purpose. He's always on time. Let's go to Proverbs 19.21. Look at what God's Word says. You can make many plans. Some of us make more plans than others, right? Naturally, I'm not. I'm a dreamer, but I'm not naturally a planner. I, I mean, I can imagine stuff growing up with me and John. I, I remember me and John would talk about this a lot. We'd do this with Elaine sometimes. I've mentioned this before. As three siblings, we'd say, man, what if? Anybody ever said what if? Say, what if we were better off than we are now? What if we didn't have to work this hard to make money, right? You've been there, right? What if? What if I could get up out of here, man, you know, where, whatever situation that was that you were in, in, in substance abuse, addiction, maybe you said, man, I'm in the hood, I'm ready to move to a different hood. You can make many plans, and hey, you should dream and plan. We always dreamed as kids, I still dream with my wife, said, and Jen, Jen likes to say that sometimes, what if? What if? She's more of a planner than me, though, thank God, keeps me grounded. But scripture says you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Now, here's what I've noticed. In studying Scripture, just like economics or anything else, there is a micro and a macro. Micro is the small, detailed picture. Macro is the big, big visionary picture. Okay? Micro is we all have a choice. Macro is no matter what you choose, God's plan is going to happen anyway in general. You say, I'm, I'm not going to choose. And I know there's nobody here or nobody on the live stream, but maybe someone else will hear this who needs to hear it. They say, man, I'm not going to choose God. I've had people say, I'm going to be in hell with my friends. Homie, you ain't going to see your friends in hell. It's hot. There's eternal torment. You know what Scripture says? In hell, it's the place where the worm never dies. So if you like worms, then go ahead. Choose hell. But can you imagine? And Scripture says... When we reject Jesus, we will be in a body fit for destruction. Meaning, some have said this. I believe it was Wilkerson. Pastor Wilkerson used to say this. David Wilkerson, right? He used to say, you will have a spiritual body that will be able to take destruction over and over and over again forever. No thank you. No thank you. The devil and his people, they can be devoted to destruction if they don't want Jesus. And it's too late for the enemy. There's always hope for humans, but let me tell you this right now. I choose to serve God, and I know you choose the same today. I choose 
say, man, I've, I've chosen dumb. You know how it is. I, made, I probably made some dumb choices yesterday. I can't think of any, but if I look hard enough, I could find a few. I may have done some dumb choices this morning. I know in my life, though, I could detail you a list and pages, and the, with the memory God's given me, I could go on and on about all the dumb choices I've made. But I'm going to tell you the choice that really matters and remembering that it's not how you start, it's how you finish. I know, let's say that again, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. I know that I know that I know God has forgiven me. I know he's forgiven me. I know he has a plan for me because he's a God of plan, design, and purpose. And I know that his purpose will prevail. That's macro. No matter what you or I choose, you say, man, I'm not going to do what God says. That's okay. His word will still be fulfilled even if it's not fulfilled in your life because you rejected it. Are you still with me today? So God, someone say God, is a, is a God of plan, design, and purpose. Oh, yeah, he always has a plan. Let's go to Psalm 3311. Look at this one. The Lord's plans stand firm forever. Some of you, it stresses you out to change plans, huh? I feel you. I wish I was more that way sometimes. I told my wife one time, I said, your planning is a superpower. She said, your superpower is that you're able to change plans and not even flinch. I'm like, okay, let's just change the plan. She's like, what? No. This is the plan. Let's do it. And we need that. I need that balance in life. I need, I need my wife to be a planner. I do need that. Now, I do have plans, but it just doesn't come naturally to me. The Lord's plans, though, they stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. Did you know that's good news for you today? His intent is to bless you. The book of Jeremiah says he sees you, he sees his child, and he says, I have thoughts and plans to give you an expected, amazing, wonderful future and an expected end. He give you hope and a future. He's looking to you saying, my intention, if you'll let me, I'll have my intentions fulfilled in your life, my purpose, my plan, my design. Isn't that good news? That's great news. The Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. Someone say, can never be shaken. Let's read through that verse again. Everybody on the count of three, we're going to read it all together. This is Psalm 33, 11, 1, 2, 3. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. One more time. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. That's good news, huh? In a world where the dollar is shaken, did you know right now, this is crazy. You say, man, but I'm saving all the money I can. I'm not saying you shouldn't be a saver, but you got to be wise, wise about it. you got to invest in certain things. I'm not a proponent of the stock market. I'm not, but you can make money off the stock market if you play it smart. Here's the deal. <clears throat> the U.S. dollar right now, conservative estimates say it's losing 15% in value a year. 15% in value a year. So if you saved $1,000 this year at, the, at January 1st, by December 31st, it's worth 85% of what it was. Isn't that interesting? That's really odd, isn't it? That's a conservative estimate. Those who are really in the know about inflation and know that our government doesn't include food and fuel as part of inflation. How many of you know food and fuel prices went up this year already? They don't include that inflation. I have no reason why. They're so much smarter than us, right? That's why. So I'm being sarcastic. Detect the sarcasm in my, in my voice. So, man, you need an eternal banking account. Jesus knew that. He said, store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot corrupt it and destroy it, mess it up, and where thieves cannot steal it. That doesn't mean you don't be diligent in life and save and invest in real estate. Some people are like, man, I'm looking into cryptocurrency. Do it, but be led by peace. 
Because who knows what cryptocurrency will survive the coming economic storms. We don't know. One guy, man, is crazy. Humans are so interesting. We were looking at some videos and researching cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. Have you all heard of that? It's, it's digital dollars, the simplest way to put it. It's unhackable digital dollars. That's the simplest way to put it. We're listening to a guy, so fun, the interesting interview, intelligent, brilliant, experienced. He actually invented, invented a form of digital currency in 1996 in California, and he has an understanding of this. He's a big pro proponent of Bitcoin. But the more I listened to him, I thought, man, there's some good information here, but this guy's crazy. He was saying crazy stuff like, long after we're gone, Bitcoin will be here. Said, what does that mean? Jesus said there'll be a new heavens and a new earth. He didn't mention anything about Bitcoin. His plan will stand. You got to be wise now. You got to do the right thing and let God lead you. Don't just jump up. And you know how it is. You got to get advice on the internet sometimes for doing stuff. We've been doing that, man. Do it yourself. Got a new house. We're looking at stuff. Said, we don't know how to do that. I said, baby, how'd you figure that out? She said, I Googled it. That's amazing. I've tried some stuff. I heard of people getting on YouTube and learning how to change a tire in the moment. Awesome. That is great. All kinds of tips and hints and great advice on there. But sometimes, how many of you know the Internet's full of stupid advice when it contradicts the Word of God? The Internet will tell you stuff like, you don't like your husband? Nothing is by accident with God. You need to know the secrets of investing, of living a great life, being blessed. I'm not saying you're not going to suffer. Anybody who preaches the gospel of no suffering hasn't read their Bible. You will suffer for Jesus sometime. In your family, sometimes in your own mind as you're struggling, as God helps you to renew your mind, you're going to go through suffering and persecution. But let me tell you right now, God's plan and purpose design is not by accident. There's no such thing as coincidences. Look, the sky, did you know the sky has a purpose? interesting that God created a sky that we perceive as blue. We see blue in the sky. wonder why it's not red. I like red, but wouldn't red stress a lot of people out seeing red all day long? There's a purpose in the sky. There's a purpose in the ocean. You say, what's the purpose of the ocean? Travel, beauty, therapy, food, resources. Mountains, do they have a purpose? Oh, yeah. Did you know a mountain will stop a tornado? Yeah. There, there's lots of reasons. Mountains are natural barriers. You can also see God's beauty and God's glory in all of creation. Someone say everything has a purpose. Mm -hmm. And if God made it, it's good. So that leads me to something powerful. This is not a trick question. You don't have to answer. You can if you want. But what is God's prized creation? You and me created you. For a purpose. Let's go to number two today. Since God is a God of plan, design, and purpose, we know that he created us for a purpose. We know that, right? Let's go to Isaiah 46, 9. Huh. He says, remember the things I have done in the past. You see, is he bragging? He can do whatever he wants. He's God. He's pure. Remember the things I've done in the past. He's reminding people. For I alone am God. Wait, there's lots of others. There's lots of santos and different, different idols and stuff apart from God. No, no, no. 
There is one God. We honor, hey, we honor and revere the saints of the past that carried their cross and did good, men and women and children who died for Jesus. Praise God. But he says, I alone am God. Cryptocurrency ain't God. Money ain't God. The human body is not God. Perversion and lust is not God. God is God. Someone say, God is God. That's right. He says, I am God and there is none like me. The Hebrews actually call God holy, kadosh, because they said he's like nothing else we've ever experienced. He's different. He says this, only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. So let's get back to point two. He created you for a purpose. So when you submit your will to God, he's fulfilling his purpose in your life. You say, man, did you ever ask this question before you served, began to serve God? Why are we here? People ask that. And they try to figure that out apart from God. They say, why are we here? Well, um, there was nothing, and then there was one cell. They can't explain where the one cell came from. They said lightning hit it. There was a charge of electricity. The one cell, it was like revived or something like Frankenstein, right? And then it's, somehow it, became, it multiplied. I'm thinking, what gave it the power to multiply, and where did the first cell come from? But I digress, right? And then it turned into something else, and then somehow it became a fish with a brain and eyes. And then one day it slipped and fell out of the water and grew a leg. And then it started to become a monkey eventually, and the monkeys became us. Did I just explain, explain evolution very well for you? That's what evolution is. You think, you feel, you reason. You are not an animal. You are distinct from animals according to the story of creation. God's story of creation that proves he created us for a purpose. He wanted us to have communion with him, and he said, look, I'm going to make man and woman. Someone say man and woman. Beautiful creatures, both of them, man and woman. He said, I will create them and make them in my likeness and my image. Say, well, why are we here? People run into this all the time, especially in the oil field. Say, man, all I do is get up and work. And I guess if they had coal mines around here, they'd be asking the same question. It's just every day. I work, I make money, I pay the bills. I work, I make money, I pay the bills. I eat, I use the restroom, I go to sleep. I get up, I'm stressed out. They go on the weekend and they drink. Oh, and they start all over again. And the weekends start getting longer and longer because their purpose in their minds is diminishing. The weekend has to start at Wednesday or Thursday so they can cope. You know what I'm talking about, thirsty Thursdays and all that. I'm thirsty every day of the week, but there's ices and water. Uh, I'm like my grandpa. I'm like, uh, water, okay, we drink it. We, we got to have that because God gave it to us. But, man, juices, I, I like coffee. There's all kinds of stuff you can drink. I don't know why I'm saying this right now, but once again, I ask those believers who say, no, I do this, I do it to relax. If you need that to relax, we need to talk. I relax because I'm tired. I've been working the hair off my head. Not really. There's not much hair left in me, huh? So debatable. I say work the hair off my arms and legs. That's a lot of work. Say, why am I here? We're just, I'm working, I'm going to, I, oh, I'm going to get my degree. Praise God. Here's what's crazy is Solomon, he explored all this. Some of you say, man, the book of Ecclesiastes, though, some of it's depressing. Well, he's making a point. I think he wrote that later in life, and he has a lot of powerful points in there. But he, he's basically saying, man, everything is vanity. 
What is vanity? It means what's it for? It's for nothing. He had everything. Solomon was wise in many ways. In other ways, he wasn't wise. It's like a thousand women he had. I don't know if it's 700 women and 300, 700 wives and 300 concubines. Is that right? Solomon, if you made heaven, brother, that was dumb. One woman will challenge you for a lifetime. See, I conquered. You didn't conquer nothing, champ. You conquer each other every day as a husband and wife. You figure each other out to the best of your ability, and you work it out, and you love each other, and that's part of God's purpose for your life is finding the right person. You say, but I don't need that. Then the Apostle Paul says, great. You won't have as many struggles. The Apostle Paul said that. Isn't that crazy? He said, he said, be like me. Don't get married. But, you know, it's good if you do get married. That's a hard word, isn't it? Some of the ladies and men in the house are like, Pastor Matt, I'm praying for the right one. Keep doing it. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. But if you can do without, then praise God. Go on. But just serve God. He created you for a purpose. What's the, what's the purpose? Let's go to Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Look at this. Hmm. So nearing the end of this book, and I think, I could be wrong, but I think nearing the end of Solomon's life, he didn't live to be very old, did he? What, did he live to be 50? 59? He just, uh, uh, you know, had everything. But he began to walk away from God because of all his foreign wives, right? All his wives who worshipped other gods. Satan worshipped. Some of his wives, if you study history, and you know what they worshipped, they were Satan worshippers. <laughs> Solomon. Crazy, but wrote some fabulous books in the Bible, and God spoke through him. God visited him. Look at this. That's the whole story, he says. After he, you know, this book, it has some negativity in it. Ecclesiastes, man, it's all is vain. Why are we even doing this? Life's rough. It's crazy. I tried everything. It's all the same, you know. Here now is my final conclusion. Glad he got to this. Fear God means put God first. Respect God. Reverence him. Honor God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. Stop there. Don't go to the next verse yet. You know what duty can be translated as? Purpose. This is everyone's purpose. One translation says this is what we were created for. I think it's the good news translation. That's a pretty good translation. The good news translation says this is what we were created for. Isn't that incredible? For what? Go back to the beginning of the verse. That's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Solomon says, fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. You don't have to raise your hands, but I think everyone in this room has tried it without God before. Life, decisions, relationships. Look at lives. Look at them. You say, man, actors and actresses are great examples of what? They can learn lines. They can look good on camera. They've got some good natural abilities and stuff, but they're an example of what you shouldn't do, trying to do life without God as a whole. I, why do I bring up actors and actresses here and there? Because they're, they're highly visible people. Your life is the calling to be an example. Here now is my final conclusion, he says once again. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's purpose, duty, what we were created for. He created you for a purpose. You say, well, what purposes? I'm going to go full circle here now. Let's go to point three. Look at this. God created us for himself and each other. 
you know what I, one of the things I hated most about the COVID stuff? You say, man, the virus? No, I hate the way world governments handled the virus. People say, no, it, COVID wreaked havoc and destroyed economies. Why didn't it destroy Sweden's economy? They never closed. Governments destroyed economies and people. And people, they felt they didn't have a choice. Closing churches saying, don't meet for Bible study. Don't meet together. No, that's attacking the very essence of who God created us to be. Connection with him and connection with others. And I know even in quarantine, people say, well, I can still stay connected to God. Yeah, but you need God and you need others. Can't do it on your own. You hear people say, he's a self-made millionaire. He's not self-made nothing. You like the double negative there? That's for emphasis. He ain't self-made nothing. People help me get to where I am, and God is working on me. God knows. Ask my wife. I'm a good man, but he's working on me. I still need help in some areas. And I come, man, I'm telling you, I come to God for help. I come to those that are around me and close to me for help. I'm real and open. I want to learn. I want to live. I want to love, and I want to grow. I want to learn and live and love and grow every day of my life. Why? Because God created me for himself and for others. I want, I want God to get the best of me, and I want others to get the best of me and see the best of me. Say, Pastor Matt, is that so people will think highly of you? No, it really doesn't matter what people think when it comes down to what does God think of me and how do people recognize the way I interact and treat them? How do they, how do they perceive it? I know sometimes our intentions are going to be mistaken. Sometimes they're going to come off wrong anyway. But as a general rule, one day, if Jesus does not return in our lifetime, will I go to heaven and, and the Lord say, you know what? You treated people right. You treated my creation right. I created you and them in my image, and you did all right. You Man, you messed up royally. Here's some areas you could have done better in, but well done, you good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord because you treated, can you imagine? God says, you treated me and my sacrifice right. What's that? People spit on the blood of Jesus every day when they say there's no sin, there's no God. They do it different ways. Mm -mm. Not you, though. Not those on the live stream. Not me. We choose to serve God. Why? Because God created us for himself and for each other. Let's go to Matthew chapter 22, verse 34. Everybody in here knows that Matthew is the best book of the Bible. Matthew chapter 22, verse 34. Don't quote me on that. I'm just kidding. It's a special book, though. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, what an unfortunate name, the Sadducees. Those who've been in church any amount of time, we know that that came up in a Christian song one time, the Sadducees, with his reply. They met together to question him again. Can you imagine trying to meet with Jesus and trick him? Can you imagine? He was there on the day of creation. He was there before he created the angels. Scripture says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Talking about Jesus. One of them, an expert in religious law, showed up and tried to trap him with this question. Can you imagine showing up to God and going, I'm going to trap you? Nice try, champ. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? I can just imagine Jesus going, I'm so glad you asked. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God. Jesus replied. Someone say Jesus replied. Uh-huh. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Bar none. That's it. That's your priority. 
But then look at what he said. A second is equally important. This translation says, how on earth equally important? Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Jesus summed it all up. Say, man, that was so tough in the Old Testament. Some of you are reading the Old Testament right now. Man, I'm in Deuteronomy. And there's all this stuff going on, and God's whole plan and purpose and design was to prove to the human race, prove to his people, prove to us, and have a written record of it that the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. What's that? Love God, love others. Someone say, love God. Love others. So let's go back to our points today. In summation here, in closing, God is a God of plan, design, and purpose. Because he's a God of plan, design, and purpose, he created you for a purpose. Isn't that powerful? Say, man, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, that would be odd if God was a God of plan, design, and purpose, but he, he didn't know why he made you. Oh, no, you're not an accident. I mentioned this recently. There's a powerful man of God named James Robinson. Did you know he was a product of a rape? He had to forgive. He went through some hard times of bitterness. I know parts of his testimony. He was the product of a rape, and he became a great man of God. All things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Do you get the cats there? Those who love God. Who are the ones who love God? The ones who want to obey him. The ones who accept Jesus and want to obey him. That's real simple. God created you for a purpose. No matter what, no matter how, no matter how it happened, all that, it's, it's important because it's part of your testimony, your life story. Stories are important, but the greatest story of all mankind, the greatest story ever told someone, I think that was a movie, the greatest story ever told was that God created you for a purpose. And God came to redeem and buy that purpose back when he sent himself in the form of Jesus. That's powerful. Number three, God created you for himself and each other. Let me just give you some advice right now. Book of Matthew chapter 24, and I'm going to wrap this up. Jesus said, in the last days there will be many plagues and sicknesses and diseases. So don't let the next one come, because they're already planning stuff like that. Just get ready. Say, what are you, are you talking about conspiracies? I don't know what I'm saying exactly, but I do know this. I know what God's word is saying, and that is there will be many plagues. So we're not going to close church for every disease that comes around. We're not. And we fought it this last time. We went out to the parking lot, and we came back in. People said, you weren't in compliance. Actually, I was mad about it, but we were in compliance because we came back in from the parking lot, and you know what? We decided that three or four days before the, govern the governess. <laughs> the governess, that sounds funny. The governor said that we could meet at 25% capacity, so we were in compliance the whole time. He said, but y'all went to church and hugged. <laughs> Let me just say what Coach Malone used to say. I don't know who this is for. So y'all went to church and didn't social, socialist distance. Distancing is for socialists. And, and for, Yeah. He said, man, you all went to church and hugged. And I want to say what Coach Malone said in great wisdom in the late 80s. You know, he used to tell us this in class. They can't do this anymore. He said, you know what he told me one time? I'd say smart stuff because he'd laugh and the class would laugh. He said, knucklehead, you know what? I'm going to slap the taste out of your mouth. <laughs> he'd make my, ear, my ears get a little red, but I loved Coach Malone, man. God bless him. He taught me a lot about chemistry and biology, and earth science, and physical science, and life. 
But he said, I will slap the taste out of your mouth. You don't shut up. That's how I feel like telling people, telling folks to say, man, yeah, but I noticed that y'all were, look, God created us for human contact. He created us for himself and each other. He's a God of love. People use that, but they use it to sin many times. God is a God of love, yeah, so we can be in contact and love and connection and an embrace with him, but in love, connection, embrace, and close relationship with other humans. Don't ever let the lies of the enemy or whoever else Propaganda machines tell you, you don't need to meet together. You don't need to be around other people. Isolate yourself. That sounds like the devil talking. I rarely say his name in this room because he's just a punk and he's defeated. But I'm going to tell you right now. Say, oh, well, you know, we don't need to be around other people. Well, how are we going to exist? It's hypocrisy is what it is. God is a God of plan, design, and purpose, number one. Number two, God created you for a purpose. Number three, God created us. This is one of the many purposes of God. Very valid, most important, greatest purpose, highest, loftiest purpose of God is he created us for himself and for each other. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today. If there's anyone in the house who says, Pastor Matt, I've never even, never professed Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Those on the live stream, maybe you're saying the same thing. You say, man, how can I have purpose? I've never even gotten close to God. Never given God a chance. Never trusted God with my life and future and eternity and salvation. Here's what you do today. You want eternal salvation and security based upon your faith in God, and that is you accept Jesus today. Everybody in the house and those on the live stream, go ahead and repeat this prayer with me. And hopefully those in the future who listen to this, we we don't know when or where or who it will be, or what time of the day, but hopefully they will repeat this prayer with us. This is important. It's the most important prayer you'll ever pray. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe in your word. I need you, God. I can't make it without you. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Forgive me. Heal me. Help me. Strengthen me. Encourage me. I believe that Jesus died and rose again. I believe and I confess that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Thank you for your forgiveness, God. In Jesus' name, I am saved from sin and from hell and from this world system. In Jesus' name, I believe. Amen. I want everybody to look at me. No, we're missing some people for vacation and summer break, you know. But don't ever forget this. God's plan and purpose and design for your life will stand always. All you got to do is say, what's my job? How do I factor into the equation? How do I play my part? What's my part? You give in to him. Give in to him. Everybody who knows me that knows that I say some stuff that's crazy sometimes, and I'm sure it is offensive to some people, but the motive of my heart is love and that everybody be reconciled to God. That is the purpose of my calling is to make sure that people are right with God. I want you to really look into my eyes about that. I want to make sure people are right with God and that they live a victorious, powerful believer's life. That's the purpose of my life. Your purpose 
is really very, very similar, even though our callings may be different. Your purpose is to go out and tell. Live as a light and tell others about Jesus. He said, go and tell. Go into all the world. Did you know the first evangelist after Jesus rose from the dead was Mary Magdalene? He said, go and tell them that I'm back. So today I'm going to pray that God give you a revelation of your purpose. Bow your heads and close your eyes today. If you're comfortable doing so, raise a hand to the Lord. Let it be a point of contact with heaven today. One man of God used to say, man, there was the day that heaven kissed earth when Jesus came. And he came so that you would recognize, realize, and understand the importance and power and passion of your calling, your purpose in life, because God is a God of purpose. Heavenly Father, show us the exact purposes. We know generally the purposes. We're to go and tell. We're to love you with all of our heart and soul and strength and might and will and everything that is within us and to love our neighbors ourselves. That is a great starting point, God, to love you, love others, and to tell. Love you, love others, and to tell about it. But God, speak to us about the details of our life concerning purpose. I thank you for your people in this house and on the live stream, those that are on vacation, those that are actually out of town visiting sick relatives or out of town for uh, hospital visits or different things, the blood of Jesus over them. Speak to their hearts, renew them, regenerate them, and encourage them today. God, let them hear, feel, and see your spirit as you touch them. And God, for everyone in this house, we declare purpose, understanding, vision for the future. Whether we're planners or not, vision for the future. Help us to plan, but Lord, you are the ultimate planner. Now speak and breathe your purposes into our lives. Call us to your word this week so we find purpose. That's where it is. In Jesus' name, amen.